everyone. Welcome to the latest bonus episode of The Dive Down. My name is Stan here in Chicago. And I'm Deezy. <laughs> I usually introduce the guest, but you got out ahead of me. That's DZ MTG, a.k.a. Nick Valdez, out of Houston, Texas. Got a little hand on the forehead. We do have a video going, but no one's ever going to see this video. It's so all you, part of my master plan. You're just going to make me crack up. I'm going to make 8mm copies of this and sell it on the black market. <laughs> so, if you haven't heard of Nick, there's a good chance you may have seen his TikTok videos, maybe even his stream on Twitch. It's DZMTG on TikTok, all over Twitter, shows up on Reddit, the number one MTG TikTok in America, maybe the world. Global. I think we can say the number one English language TikTok about MTG. I'm I'm fairly certain. Well, you know, I, I want to say there there could be a Cantonese uh, hashtag that I'm missing out on. But as far as I know, it's uh, in the solar system, the biggest one. Whoa. Well, this is a big get for the dive down then. <laughs> I didn't realize what I was getting into. And yeah, even though, you know, typically when we host interviews, it's with people who like, yes, they stream or they produce some kind of content, but it's often people who maybe have like a reputation for some kind of deck. But I've just been a huge fan of your content and kind of your approach to just like MTG comedy, even some of the funny stuff that you do on your stream. So I kind of wanted to chat with you about MTG content creation, talk a little bit about what you do as an MTG player as well. And, I don't know, maybe have fun for an hour, see where this goes. Sounds good to me. Just to get things started, tell the people, and, and myself, because I don't really know a lot about you as a, a human outside of MTG content, what do you do? What's, what's your background? Do you have a day job? Man, there's a long background. One, I'm, I'm, I'm probably older than uh, most people assume. I'm 35 years old. Uh, my most recent job was a bartender. And I started out as a bouncer and bartender, but I've had a long, long list of jobs. Uh, I was in the bar industry to possibly open a bar, and that was my original plan. But then all of a sudden, I got the Twitch bug, and I mm. totally just gave up on those plans. Gave up, and uh, said, "Man, I'm just going all in on the Twitch thing. It's much more of what I'm passionate about, and uh, it's a little bit easier to start a Twitch channel than it is to open a bar with the, you know, working liquor license and all that stuff." So, uh, yeah, it was the, the easier path, I guess, ultimately. It's definitely easier to stream in an era of COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not taking advantage of it as I should. But uh, right now, no, I'm full-time content creator. I'm kind of in a unique situation with my living uh, quarters. I moved in with uh, my, my stepfather who went through some surgery. He had a, liquid, uh, he had a liver transplant. Well, So I... I Packed up, moved out of North Carolina, moved to Houston, Texas. This was late last year, 2019. And, you know, I help him out around the house and everything. He doesn't ask for rent. You know, I might, you know, we split the food type of situation. But, uh, yeah, I'm just taking advantage of the huge deduction in my normal uh, living expenses. And just going going full-time and seeing if we can eke out uh, a living and i mean it seems like it's going in the right direction so i mean i'm just gonna keep on keeping on oh i'd love to hear it i i kind of want to move in with you guys actually that sounds like <laughs> there's a, a spare a bedroom setup. you just might have to hear me yell judge every now and then <laughs> yeah you're calling for judges when you're streaming 
uh, often, yeah. It's one of the uh, channel point rewards. Uh, you can you can get me to screen judge. It's just an old inside joke from me and my friends. We thought it... Because, all right, you've been in the situation before where you're at the local game store and someone calls for a judge. They don't just meekly raise their hand and say, excuse me, is there a judge available? They scream judge more often than not, it seems like. So uh, it's, it's just funny to us. And uh, we were going to... We still might do this. I'm going to give, you know, someone could steal this idea. Do it yourself. Uh, if not, I'll eventually get around to it. But I want to find a judge outfit and the powdered wig and have a real F&M popping off and wait till round two and have my inside, you know, plant call for a judge. And, you know, there will be the local game store employee who's going to meander over, but I'm going to pop around a corner in the judge robes and, you know, render my verdict. And we'll film it and then like put it up on a Twitter or, or a Twitch or something. I don't know. I love it. I hope none of our listeners steal this idea. I, I'm okay if they do, man. I, I got a million ideas. It's all right. You know, 35, not that old for the average dive down listeners. I, I don't think at least. Cause, so I'm 31. My two co-hosts are both 40. Okay. And like a lot of people in our private Slack channel are like parents. They're like moms and dads. They're people in their... 20s to 30s, eking out into the 40s, so you're in good company, man. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's a podcast. It's for boomers, right? That's right. And that's how it goes? Commuters. <laughs> yeah, people who like, actually uh, have a job that they're driving to. How long have you been playing MTG? I, I'm curious to hear a little bit about your history as a player before you even got into content creation. So I started with uh, Avacyn Restored was the set that I was out. I didn't really go to, you know, I played casually with friends, played their decks, stuff like that. I didn't try to get a little more competitive until, uh, I don't think it was the summer set. It was Return to Ravnica came out. And when Return to Ravnica came out, that was anybody who played back then. The Innistrad Ravnica format was just a great format. Instantly caught the bug, had a, uh, I, I want to say a great time, but it was old, really it was like I had a terrible experience at my F and M the first time with you know the the try hard rule shark guy. Oh sure. And my buddy had kind of like super saiyan trained me, so even though it was my first F and M, I made it to the the level four boss. You know the the guy that's always plays islands. You know you know that guy the uh-huh. the rule shark uh, salty player. And I remember I didn't know how to say. Uh, in response, or it was, I'm attacking, he's declared blocks, mm-hmm. and I was going to do a combat trick. I want to yeah. say it was uh, Celestia Charm or something like that. And so the way I phrased it was, well, in response to blocks, I cast this pump spell, and the guy freaked out. He's like, what do you mean in response to my blockers? So my blockers haven't happened yet, and he changed his blocks around to play around my Celestia Charm, and it, it was so frustrating. I didn't. I walked away with anger, and mm-hmm. hatred, and like Anakin Skywalker, it just uh, fueled me more than uh, turned me away. And then after that, man, I, I had the bug. I was like, "All right, time to get competitive. I don't like to lose." And then it was just off to the races. I then started trying to do like a little bit of the tournament scene, uh, a few IQ top eights, nothing crazy. I mean, you can Google Nick Valdez MTG, you might see a smattering of uh, small events, but. Never, never top aided like an open or anything big. But Me neither, was, man. it's been years since I've traveled for a tournament, though. So, are you mostly sticking to standard? Because that sounds like your introduction wasn't standard. Have Have you like stuck to a particular favorite format this whole time? 
Well, I, I know this, uh, this guy's a loaded name, but Travis Wu got me into modern years and years ago. This is before he was a controversial figure. He was really known for uh, building spicy decks. Sure. So I, I, I got a cheap deck. It was like Nymagus Elemental. And then Treasure Cruise was printed. So this is Khan's Tarkir. Yeah. Then I made uh, Grixis Delver. And then, boom, all of a sudden, modern got really expensive. And then all of these cards that I had bought cheap, like foil... Uh, Gitaxian probes and like all these little rinky dink cards all of a sudden exploded in price and so at that point I was like well heck I have all these expensive cards let me keep buying modern decks Mm -hmm. and I played modern for a few years but then fortunately I got into legacy I don't I can't even remember what really got me into it and I just started trading in about every two modern decks I would trade in for a legacy deck and I probably had like 15 modern decks Uh, I had no kids no serious relationship expendable income i just bought magic cards like every other day i was buying more magic cards then i started getting into the finance side of it so i mean i very quickly got a pretty large legacy collection seven eight decks and then i just started playing legacy with my buddies and legacy is probably my favorite format i just haven't played in a while because i don't really play moto sure and then covid 19 and then i moved so they're all just like sitting in binders pretty much well, I, they do make cameos in your TikToks. Like, I think the most recent yeah. one is where you flood out, and it's just like underground sea, wasteland. Yeah, yeah, tropical island. Yeah, yeah. like foil polluted delta. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they're sitting there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna flex on the TikTok. I'm not gonna bust out some mismatched basics. That's for sure. If I have dual lands that I can use, I mean, if I can use blue dual lands for my video, I can use cards that literally a hundred of them don't equal a penny. Or I got a car that's five hundred dollars by itself, and I've got to use six of them. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flex. That's called production value. It is, and it gets more engagement. I, I gotta ask that uh, rule shark who had that very important Kevin Lane. I'll say his name. Oh wow, Kevin Lane. You know that's a nice generic name. It could be any <laughs> Kevin Lane. Is that who your blue control player character from your TikToks is based on, with like the blonde wig and the blue robe? Uh, inspired by, maybe not based on, but yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was my muse yeah. for sure. So at the start of these bonus interview episodes, we often do this segment that we like to call inside the grinder studio mm-hmm. based on a, a classic program called inside the actor studio. Yeah. James Lipton, James Lipton, RIP. So I got five lightning round questions. You, these can be one word answers. If you want to go into detail, be my guest. I have five lies coming up. I'm just going to throw them right at you. Favorite magic card? That's a great question. Wasteland. <laughs> Least favorite magic card? Wasteland. No, no, that's a joke. Um, stifle. Mm. Favorite format? Legacy. I guess we knew that. Do you have an MTG white whale? I want to get a black lotus one day. And do you have a favorite piece of MTG slang? I like tilt and punt mm-hmm. because you can use that in regular life and you never really ever hear that. You know, maybe at a pool table, like, oh, it was tilted or something. But yeah, you never hear that. You never hear punt as like a mistake. I'd only known it as kicking a uh, pigskin. So uh, yeah, I, li- I like incorporating it and like, man, I really punted those scrambled eggs. Like, what? Yeah, man, I punted. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I left the, I left the burner alone. And the next thing you know, I'm so tilted. 
Uh, yeah, so tilt and punt. I, I like incorporating that in the everyday lexicon. I dig it. I, I've caught myself doing that with, like, EV. I'll start just like, talking <laughs> yeah. about EV at work. I work in marketing, and, like, we'll be talking about a PowerPoint presentation. I'll be like, I'm not sure if the EV is really good on this slide. And they're like, I don't have a water stone. What are you talking about? Vaparian. Wow. Are we going to pivot into a Pokemon cast? <laughs> That's what got me into trading card games. Right on. Okay, so we're here, you're a streamer, and a TikTok extraordinaire. I'm curious, did you decide to get into content production because of like this life change and your decision to move to Texas, or was there something else going on creatively, internally, that sort of motivated you to start putting yourself out there that way? The TikTok thing, man, it was a complete accident. It was I had no idea it was going to turn into what it did. I... Made a couple, you know, I don't even remember what made me download the app. I think I saw it on Twitter and I was like, and what had nothing to do with magic. It was just so off the walls, like, okay, this is weird. But within, and anyone who's opened the app for more than 10 seconds can attest to this. Within five minutes, the algorithm of that app was, it was just so mind blowing. I was like, wow, this is a really good product. And probably within a week, I made my first crappy one. And they're still up there. I haven't deleted them. The first two were absolute garbage. It was uh, like a how-to cast Emrakul turn one. And it was, like, it was just poor lighting and everything was cheesy. And and then I had like the reaction was me jumping on a couch like, here's the opponent, you know, when you cast it. And they're just so, so laughably bad. And they're still up there. But then the third one, uh, all, I, I put it on Twitter, just like all the others. And within 20 seconds, a Wizards of the Coast employee retweeted it. Uh, I can't remember his name. Smith. Uh, he plays a lot of Pokemon. And he said, more MTG players need to make TikToks. And then that thing blew up and had been watched like 25,000 times in a day or something. It, it just blew up. And then like at that point, re- I was just like, whoa. Like, okay. I, I'd never gone viral for anything. The beginning of this year, uh, I, I had... Less than a tenth of the Twitter followers that I have now. And so I was just like, I have, this is lightning in a bottle. And so I just, within probably five days of that viral TikTok video going going nuts on Twitter, I said, I'm going to make one every single day. And I didn't even start that as a plan. It was just like, oh, you know what? This is the fifth day in a row that I've done it. And then I looked, I was like, you know what? Let me call this episode six. Mm-hmm. And then it was that was just me trying to spin, put marketing spin on it. How long ago was that first video? January or February. It was it was this year. Wow. Okay. So I'm I'm at a I'm probably done 140 ish. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So I mean, about 30 days in a month, four months. So February. It was actually February. So I mean, all this is very recent. That's amazing. And you know, they say that you kind of have to have a regular cadence to be successful in content production. And it sounds like whether or not that was intentional or not for you, like you stumbled into like that best practice. Like, I'm just going to make this video every day and see where it goes. Well, I mean, on that, the world's an efficient place. So cream rises to the top. If, if you want to make one funny video than not do anything for three weeks, okay. Yeah. You know, you're much, much more likely to plug at it and the ones i think aren't even good are the ones that end up blowing up the ones i think that are fantastic uh recent example is the arnold schwarzenegger one and they're like some of my smaller ones Mm -hmm. so i mean you just never 
It's impossible to know exactly what the public's going to respond to or what some of these large social media operations, will, how their algorithm is going to be affected. Um, so, I mean, you just, just keep doing it. Just keep yeah. doing it. I dig it. What's the creative writing process like for the sketches? So, a lot of people, it's, there's a common misconception. They're like, well, here's an idea and make a video. And that is the exact opposite of how I approach it. That is... You know, if you want to look at it this like the idea top down, it's it's the exact opposite. I, I find a sound and then I'll reverse engineer an idea out of the sound. So I never have an idea like, oh man, people are really tired of Oko, you know, let me do this video. And it, oh, and then just throw a random song on there. No, it's a random Ariana Grande song will have a random lyric and I'm like, oh, that that will work with this. So it is 100% entirely dependent on me being inspired by the actual sound. Uh, I have people message me ideas all the time, and I, 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 I don't know how to phrase it to them. Like, well, this isn't really a fully fleshed out idea. You're sure. just saying, oh, everyone hates counter spells. <laughs> like, okay. And I, I yeah. need more than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> You've already made 20 videos about that concept. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't tell them my secret. I'm starting to regurgitate content. Okay, so in addition to TikTok, you do streaming. Yes. And I, I discovered the stream because of the TikTok. And I gotta say, the first time I saw what you were doing on Twitch, I kind of lost my mind. Because you wear a green morph suit. Yeah, those who don't know, yeah, skin-tight spandex green morph suit with only the face exposed. Exactly. So the outcome is when you, when you watch Nick stream, it's just a, a floating face and, and headphones, I guess. Yes. And it, was, and it was one of those moments, maybe you can relate to this as a creative person, where when I saw this, I was like mad that I didn't come up with it first because I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I think it's like the smartest thing I've ever seen on Twitch. And it's just so funny and, and captures like a personality so beautifully that I think anyone who sees that is like, this is someone that I think I can get along with because clearly they're having fun with it. Yeah, it, that actually ended up just being giving the people what they want. I didn't start streaming in spandex. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was a bit goal. If, if y'all give me this much money in this stream, I'll buy it on Amazon. I'll pay half. That's what it was. I was like, here's the price. Y'all pay half, I'll pay half. Well, it was immediate. They were like, all right, you're, 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 you're wearing this now. So it, it came in the mail. And, uh, you, know, it was, you know, a few streams later, I, I wear it. And, you know, I'm a small affiliate. So when you're 12 viewer Andy, you know, and all of a sudden you're 18 viewer, that's, that's a 50% increase. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the exact numbers were, but it was, it was a sizable increase when I wore it. So then I, I didn't wear it, you know. <laughs> And it was immediate down. I was just like, whoa. I was like, this is what the people want. And I realized, I was like, you know, if you're floating through, floating, yeah, see, now it's in my now it's in my jargon. If, if you're scrolling through all the Twitch channels, a lot of it looks the same, except for at the very top, you know. Mm -hmm. And so if you see all of a sudden, oh, this guy has a floating face. I, I saw an instant increase in engagement and more people clicking on my channel. So at a certain point, it's like, well, what am I doing this for? It's to build something, so give the people what they want. I mean, at the end of the day, you could say, I'm an artist, but, I mean, don't you still have bills to pay? I'm not, you can be the weirdo that cuts his ear off and not care about any of that stuff. Or you could be Paul McCartney, you know, yeah. and like say, this is a business. 
And then I'd get snaked by Michael Jackson. But that's another story for another podcast. Yeah, that's on our After Hours Music <laughs> Pop Culture pod. Is it hot in the morph suit? Is it comfortable to record for like several hours in that? I run hot. It's slightly warmer. But I'm the guy that's when it's 97 degrees outside, I won't have my AC in my car. So it uh-huh. just works. It works for me. But yeah, I mean, it, it's warmer. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah, it gets it gets hot. Texas, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the heat comes in, then the PC's running, and I got these lights, and then I'm wearing mm-hmm. spandex bodysuit. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets warm, but I'm not roofing in Arizona, you know. It's, it's, it's middle of summer. It ain't that hot. I've done landscaping in the middle of summer. It ain't that bad. I mean, I'm screaming into a microphone. Like, I'm not going to complain about it. I got to imagine it probably smells pretty bad. <laughs> I have I have a couple, and I keep them clean. I wash, I wash them regularly. All right, that's good. That's good. Because otherwise I get the deezy grime on it. Have you heard, like, other people besides myself say something like, the TikTok brought you an audience for Twitch or vice versa? Are they related in, in the audience at all? So many of my TikTok comments, like when I randomly have a video about, you know, me streaming, I had one recently where it's like, if I misplay, then it's zoomed in on a chat, just everyone calling me an idiot. Mm-hmm. So many people, and every time I have one where it mentions me streaming, my whole comment section would be like, I didn't know you streamed. And if you click on my TikTok profile, the very it says Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, and then it has my name. So it's it's just a lack of I mean it's hard to educate people. Sure. You know. So but yeah, almost every other day someone will come in. First time here, I love your TikToks. So it's about every other stream now. And it started, you know, first I hear it once a week and now it's starting to happen a little more regularly. Yeah. But it sounds like that wasn't necessarily part of a content strategy, so to speak. No, like I said, man, the whole TikTok thing was a to- total complete accident. But then I saw what the growth was. I mean, I'm bigger on TikTok than anything. So, I mean, I got to lean into it, you know, at that point and uh, just try to get as much cross-pollination as possible. Uh, There's no monetization in TikTok, and I'm already the biggest. So I could really care less if you're only on Twitch. I'm not really trying to feed you to go to my TikTok. I mean, it's good content. If if I do, it's to make you smile, not try to increase the percentage of me capturing you as a... fervent fan it's more about uh you know it's funny i like it you'll probably like it so go ahead and check it out but i i need to use tiktok to bring people to twitch much more than i would need to do it the vice versa for sure i mean maybe you can monetize your tiktok if you do some sponsored content like sell some soap yeah yeah i can do the sponsored stuff uh i i did have one plan but it got canceled for COVID 19 um and i can stream on TikTok, but I think that instantly violates my Twitch thing, and mm-hmm. I'm big enough on there where it's probably a liability. For sure. Well, I don't want to get you in trouble, man. I'm streaming on TikTok right now. You know, I am curious, like, if you can maybe share some wisdom with, with myself and our listeners about some of the best practices that you've picked up as a streamer, or, or even like a TikTok person, just like, what does it take to be good, be disciplined? Man, that's the easiest question in the world. You find out the price of what you want, and then you pay it. That's it, man. That is literally it. You find out the price, and you pay it. And don't set all these goals. What you want to do is set systems. 
So set a system. Don't set a goal. Oh, I have a goal. I, I want to get big on TikTok. That's nothing. That does nothing. Whereas I had a system where I'm going to make one every single day. Even if it's bad, I'm going to force myself to make one. That is my system. Sure. And what did that lead to? It led to the end result of me getting bigger on TikTok. But yeah, the price. You just find out the price and you pay it. You want to be the biggest magic streamer? Well, look what Jeff Hoogland's doing. Look what Crokey's doing. You know, look how many hours these people are putting in. That is the price. So just pay it. And then don't, you know, if you're not paying the price you and you know what the price is, you don't have any excuse. You can't say, you can't shake your fist at the ceiling and say, why? Why not me? You know what the price is and you didn't pay it. That's why. That's all there is to it, man. I mean, I could... I could expound on that, but the simpler explanation, the better, I think. Yeah, just put in the work, work yeah. and all. Find out the price and just pay it. Yeah. And that goes for everything. Relationships, you know. Oh, I want to be with the hot coworker that I really have a crush on. Find the price, pay it. Okay, maybe when I look in the mirror, I'm not my optimal self, you know. Okay, start grooming. Start working out. Go get a haircut, you hippie. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's no wrong long hair. But find the price, pay it, you know. It's that easy. Yeah, I like that. It, it occurs to me now, I kind of like glossed over the TikTok creative process. But one thing that I was wondering is like, how long does it take for you to get from your initial seed of an idea to like actually having even like a 30 second video ready? It's usually, uh, well, if you talk about the filming process, I could knock it out five, 10, 15 minutes, depending on the editing and the cuts and the words that I throw up and everything. But so sometimes I have no ideas. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I can go on TikTok for two hours and not find one idea. But this has happened on more than one occasion. The very, or wake up in the morning the very first video, oh, that's a sound. Mm. Second video, oh, that's a sound. So within literally 25 seconds, I have two kernels of an idea. And then a lot of times um, I'll, I'll look at other people using that same clamp, that same sound, try to maybe get a little inspiration. Oh, I like what they did. Maybe they're talking about Call of Duty Warzone. Oh, that kind of setup I can do with Magic the Gathering, but it would be a different punchline. Uh, I don't really see Yu-Gi-Oh! content on there at all. I don't know. Maybe there's some content creators. I haven't found any. So I always have to try to put a spin on any idea I see. But that's what makes it authentic, and I think that's what people like. They don't want me to They don't want me to just copy the trendy tick. Otherwise, I would just be dancing, right? Yeah. And DZ don't mom. dance. <laughs> Force your stepdad to like dance in a video with you awkwardly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So w- when you're talking about sound, you're literally referring to like either a snippet of music or just like an excerpt of dialogue from a movie or TV show. Like, yeah, it, it starts. Yeah. And sometimes it's, you know, yeah, sometimes it's actual cell phone footage of just regular Joe Schmoes or Jane's just talking. You know, it's two step siblings arguing. I'm like, oh, that that could be an aggro player and a control player. Right. Or that could be an aggro player mad at their deck. Or that could be the deck mad at the player for misplaying. So, yeah, you just it's always bottom-up. I hear the sound. Hmm. The idea forms around the sound. It's never an idea, and I try to find a sound. Yeah, that's interesting. And are you doing, like... I, I To be honest, I don't know a lot about producing TikTok content, so this might be a stupid question, but, like, are you doing all the post-production, quote-unquote, on your phone? Or is there anything... Yeah, everything's on my phone. There's people who do use, like... So I use Adobe for my YouTube 
And there's people that are like really taking it serious and they're putting in the time and they're editing this and they're green screening stuff and literally putting in special effects with their mm-hmm. PC. To me, that is not worth my time investment because I've made things in 30 seconds with my phone that are bigger than anything. So why, if the two hours I'm trying to edit something on Adobe, I'd rather be streaming on Twitch. Yeah. That's what it basically boils down to. I kind of have the issue of streaming too much when I know like, oh, you could probably take an off day and accomplish more with three emails than you could streaming for six hours. But I just love to stream. So I kind of prioritize streaming, even if it's not best in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Are there any streamers that like particularly inspire you? You know, I, there, there's this maxim in, in creative spheres of like good artists steal. Mm-hmm. Are there people who like, you know, you steal from creatively, not plagiarize, but like who've inspired Man, you? Along you know, this, this is a good segue into what got me starting on started on Twitch. So I, I loved Magic. I played. I, I've been watching Magic on Twitch for a long time. Watch Hooglin way way back in the day. Uh, Kiki Cord days. Uh, always watched Star City Games. You know, I'd watch them every weekend. You know, that's what I throw on my television Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. I'm not watching college football. I'm, I'm watching the Star City Games. So I, I was always a fan of Twitch. Then uh, there's this little game you maybe heard. It's this small indie company out of North Carolina. It's called Fortnite. Real small game. Yeah. And Fortnite up came and out coming. up and coming. And I started watching Fortnite. I, I it. I, I caught you know I caught the bug. Me and my coworkers at that that bar that I worked at. There's a squad or three or four of us, and man, we would jam. You know, we would get off work at 3 a.m. and we'd play till four, four thirty, or maybe weekdays play till two in the morning. You know, so I had a really great time. And I'd already watched Twitch, so that's when I started watching some of the other streamers. Uh, mostly, you know, I was a, it's a very controversial figure, Ninja. You know, Doctor Disrespect. Oh, sure. Um, the TSM crew, uh, Myth, Daquan, um, Hamlins, and all them. So I started watching, you know, I watched way less Magic content then. I was working a lot. Most of my free time went to, you know, playing Fortnite. I, I still played some tournaments, you know. I would buy actually just like the cheapest red deck. I wasn't really in standard then that much. And then, you know, I started watching them on Twitch, and I'm loving it. And then all of a sudden I started watching Magic Twitch again. And I was just blown away how they had not progressed, they have not evolved, how it essentially was crappy and boring compared to the Tier 1 streamers who are really bringing their A-game. And nothing against the people who are streaming Magic. I just, I said, this is all terrible. I know in my, I know, I know I can do better than all of these people. Maybe I won't put in the hours or put in the work, but minute by minute basis, this is hot garbage and I can do better. And I essentially started streaming on Twitch because I didn't like what I saw. And I tried to make a little I tried to make a little team where I was at and I said, Okay, if be the change you want to see. Don't just complain about it. Do something about it. I'm I'm try to be action biased. So boom. I mean next thing you know I'm dropping thousands of dollars to get uh get a PC set up and get running. And then that was it. I just took off from the races from there. For sure. So one thing I got to ask, like when, when you talk about the quality of magic streams, you know, hadn't improved over time, is that because of MTGO interface or was arena around at this point And you just didn't feel like people were maximizing the potential of the arena platform. It, it wasn't that 
It wasn't that. It was the lack of... I mean, it's, it's one thing... All right, so I'm used to watching Magic Twitch, you know? And then all of a sudden, you start watching these Fortnite streamers, and, you know, you see someone, like, get the game-winning 360 headshot, and they're they're excited. They're jumping out of their chair. They're They're happy. And then you go and you watch a Magic streamer, and they top deck... The, you have a 2% chance of hitting this particular burn spell, and they'll hit it. And, you know, and I mean, this is, a, this is a 1 out of 50. You should be really excited. 50 times this happens. You only are successful once. And you'll get a... Oh, wow. That was nice. And it, it, it disgusts me. It disgusts me, the lack of entertainment, basically. And it, it is not their microphone. It is not Moto. It was not Arena. It was them. Hmm. It was the people. And the lack of excitement, frankly speaking, angered me. Wow. And I knew I could bring something better. Man, that's interesting. There's so much to unpack there. And, like, I wonder if this is because, you know, maybe your average Magic streamer hasn't considered, like, what it takes to be entertaining. Or maybe if it speaks to... I've thought about it. I'll tell you like, exactly what it is. Okay, so in middle school, I was in the chess club. It obviously helps me with my magic, you know, or I have that type of brain or whatever. I don't know. So, if you were to say, think of your average middle school chess club, and you say, I need a dynamic type to pitch on Shark Tank, or be the next Ryan Seacrest, I need you to go into that chess club and find me a dynamic Ryan Seacrest type. It's, you're not going to find it, you know? Right. You're not going to find it. But if you go to, like, say, the male cheerleaders, oh my god, yeah, they're probably every single one of them could be a successful Twitch streamer. So, I think it's just such a high percentage of magic players just aren't really the salesman type right like the vibe of a used car salesman where you know they, they got the gift to gab they can talk they can you know get along with everybody it's it's i don't want to generalize too hard but i i think it's fair to say it's generally speaking it's more of a introverted type of person sure so i, I think that's it i think that's why i mean i think at the high levels of magic yeah, you're typically not going to have the type of personality that is uh, excitable. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, even at the MPL level, like, Kibler and LSV's personality is very different from, like, Matt Nass, for example. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to throw shade, so I'm not naming names, but yeah, y'all know who I'm talking about. You you go into, say, potential world champion, player of the year type of deal, and you're watching their stream, and... They'll literally have a 30-second pause of no speaking. And it's just them thinking. And I get it. That's how they're ranked so high. That's how they're winning these world championships. You know, they're just in it. But I've yet to see anyone that's, like, at the highest levels speak out every thought process. They might speak out some. But I think at the high levels, almost without fail, there's, 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 dead, there's dead air. There's dead air on their Twitch channels. And it's them silently thinking, staring at their screen for extended periods of time. And, yeah, you can vibe with chat, but I can't vibe with the, the streamer if that's what they're doing. And it, I, I'll do, I can do it in small doses. It's, it's like vegetables, you know. It's like, oh, this is nutritious. Let me see how, again, I don't want to name names, but let me see how player X does this cauldron familiar activation. You know, let me actually pay attention to the sequencing uh, what they did with this claim of the firstborn, but they're sitting there and it's quiet and it's boring, and I can only do that for so long. That's not all magic streamers. Like, we have aspiring Spike on on the pod every once in a while. I think he does a good job of what you're describing. You know, as an yeah. example, like explaining what 
what the thought process is. Though I do agree with you, like, that is kind of what sets apart the streamers I like from the ones that I kind of forget about, is, like, actually bringing me into the room and into the head with them. Mm-hmm. Who wants to watch Dead Air? No one. No one. And way too many. And I'm I'm assuming this person isn't an MPL member. Right. No. I'm saying it's the world champions and the MPLs. Almost without fail. Oh, have, okay. Okay. You know, I'm not saying all Twitch streamers. I'm calling yeah. out MPL members. You I know, see. Like, I see. Okay. Yeah, the, the Dive Down crew, they're good. It, it's the people who would never appear on our they're podcast. The bees knees. I mean, I don't know. They, they know it. I mean... I'm, again, I'm not going to say anyone, but they know they're quiet for 20 seconds. We're, we're not talking. We're talking about something factual that can be checked. Hey, look, <laughs> a minute 40 into your stream, you had a 40 second silent section. Okay, you talked. You said two sentences. Guess what? You're silent for the next 20 seconds after that. Like, I mean, we're, we're not even giving opinions. I mean, I'm just saying like there are long silent pauses. I see. Almost without fail. So first tip for anyone with, with aspirations of streaming, be engaging, talk, talk to the viewers, don't sit quietly. Yeah, you always hear like, well, how do I, magic's the easiest thing to stream with, okay? I get like, you can't talk the whole time if you're playing uh, Call of Duty Warzone, like, yeah, that's, that's when you actually got to concentrate. We're playing magic. Every single thought in your head, you can verbalize. Every single thought. Oh, I hope I draw a land, not a spell. Oh no, I drew a land. Hmm, what is the next thing I'm going to do? I think it's better to do this. Every single thought you're able to verbalize. And it gets a little more difficult the more you talk to play magic if you're responding to chat. Uh, and that, that is difficult. And that's yeah. something I'm, I struggle with. is Because, uh, you know, you're, you're thinking analytically and then you got to shut off that part of your brain and you got to read chat taking the message you form a response you say the response and then you got it boom check back into magic and then sometimes you're doing this while the opponent's doing things and next thing you know if you're tapped out and don't have priority well you, you may miss five triggers you know two cast spells two triggered abilities and an activated ability and you look back from reading a couple messages or responding and then you're just like boom you gotta catch up for the last 10 seconds and one second I mean, I, I, I get the struggle. I get the yeah. struggle. Do you think Arena makes it easier to be an entertaining streamer because the platform is flashier? Or, or do you think, like, even MTGO, if, if the streamer is has the personality, can still be, like, a really good channel to watch? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can definitely watch some Moto still. I mean, I don't mind watching uh, Hooglin play Legacy every now and then. Um, it definitely is easier to be entertaining with arena because you have more things to interact with and that's the planeswalker voice lines mm-hmm. uh the animations mm-hmm. the ui the there's less clicking so i mean it, it is easier but then i think you can argue both points then you could also counter if you're primarily streaming moto oh but you don't have pioneer content you don't have modern content you don't have popper content you don't have this you don't have all the content so I think it's depending on if you're... You could be an optimist and just say mine is the best. Or you could be a pessimist and say the other one's better. I think it's all in your head. Yeah. Man, this is rich. I, I got to spend a little bit of time talking about MTG comedy. If okay. We, if we can. This, this is, I know, like a weird subject to try to deconstruct. But do you consider your TikTok or your stream comedy platforms? 
I do. I, I think it's it's more of a comedy based. Um, I have to delineate myself from the uber competitive players because at the end of the day, I'm not as good as William Jensen. I'm not as good. I don't know standard as well as Brad Nelson. Mm-hmm. I don't have the natural ability of John Finkel. I get that. I totally get that. But if I was to do an open mic, and so were they, I'd bet on myself. You know, at the end of the day, and I, I love all three of those content creators. I'm just saying. Yeah. So yeah, I, I try to bring something different, but at the same time, I. So for instance, you know, they had the final day of the season on Arena. I don't know when you're listening to this, but this is we're recording this on the final day of the season on Arena, and I started today at 97 percent, and I spiked to 10-1 and made it up to 700. In what so, format? I... Standard. Okay. So the top 1,200 competitors compete and the Mythic Invitational Qualifier. So I, you know, I spiked a 10-1 in Mythic Ranked, which is, you know, the top players. So I, I try to, I mean, I am a, a, at the end of the day, I am a fairly decent player. I, I just want to make sure you can watch my stream. And sure, I want to be able to make you laugh. But maybe not more importantly, but it's very important that you don't watch my stream and say, wow, he sucks, he did the wrong thing. Sure. Or wow, what a punt. Or wow, this is terrible. Oh my god, he he cracked Fabled on three and he thought he was going to have a third mana? Oh my god. So I try to strike that balance, you know? I understand. I'm not I'm not the number 1 player in the world, you know? I've I've hit top 10 ranking in Mythic handful of times. I've never been number 1. If I'm never number 1, I guess I'll be okay as long as I can consistently hang with the top players and still beat them. I consider it a win. Yeah. But it's definitely a comedy based. <laughs> um, do you always stream when you play or do you ever play without streaming? Oh, I play every day without streaming. Okay. Every day, yeah. For sure. Uh, I, don't, I don't draft on my stream and I try to... Trying to get up to be mythic level drafter. So lately I've been, I've been practicing some draft almost every single night. And, you know, I, I mean, this is easy. I scream and screaming some spandex to a microphone you know so i'm not it's not like i i just got done you know working a 12-hour shift at the hospital you know where i get home and i'm just like oh my god i'm dead i i get done streaming i'll cook some food maybe do some housework yard work and then it's like what the heck am i gonna do it's COVID 19 i ain't going anywhere i'm not social anyways i just moved here i don't really know anyone so yeah i play a lot of play off stream as well right on um so do you think, is there something about magic that makes it ripe for comedy? Or is it really your point of view that can apply comedy toward magic? No, magic's right. Ma- magic's right. There's all types of things, whether it's funky name in the cards to the funny stereotypes of the players, the competitive, the Timmy, the Johnny, and all that. Uh, the... the, the uh, I don't know how to say it. Uh, the... The variance of it. So the variance also leads to comedy. Oh my god, I drew six lands in a row. That's, you know... And when you bust out your hypo-geometric calculator, and you're like, holy crap, that was less than 1%. That's funny. That's funny. And would I say it's like more so than other games? I mean, quite possibly. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, once you start bringing in the artwork and everything else, and yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say... It, it is right for comedy. You just have to look at it in that light. To some people, 
seeing someone draw six lands in a row isn't funny. But right. I think that's the person drawing six lands. I think everybody watching finds it pretty funny. So I try to, you know, I, at the same time I try to stay authentic, but I definitely ham up the those moments. You know, to me that's just being a good streamer. Like if I don't bring a lot of attention to the fact that I drew, drew six lands, if I want to be like random MPL member, I'm throwing mad shade at him, aren't I? Uh, if I wanted to be like you know random good player, I could be you know I could let's not get tilted, let's be calm, let's focus on this turn let's focus on trying to find the line that wins or you could do what i do and jump up and scream and what you know do the math on it you know like 0.7 percent you know like i mean i i'm choosing to call attention to it yeah and if that you know takes me out of the game and lowers my win percentage by a point like i'm okay with that because at the end of the day i consider myself a streamer first magic player second oh interesting and is that because of COVID? Like, I, I assume if, if we could go to stores, you would be. Is, is that a fair assumption? Oh, no, no. I mean, like, I choose, like I'm like i focusing on making good ta- content more than I'm focusing on being the best Magic player. I so see. I'm more focused on content uh, for content's sake versus Magic for Magic's sake. But yeah, I, I was going to the uh, the local game store. There's another creator that lived in houston that i kind of knew before i moved out here talia vess oh yeah and she was like come to my game store so yeah i, w- I went to uh, coral sword started getting in really good with them and we started sh- uh shooting around an idea of doing a, a show from there weekly and then COVID 19 hit and haven't been back since it, have you worked with watsy by the way have you been a featured streamer yet so i've been a featured streamer um i haven't been hit this year I think if I just sent an email to my content manager, he'd probably make me one like the soonest available spot. Because as far as I know, they all love me. They they host me semi regularly, and the sponsored TikTok content was out of a UK advertising agency, and they were sponsored by or they were contracted out by Wizards. So I was going to be part of an official ad campaign with TikTok via a third-party advertising company, but then got canceled because of COVID-19. Because it was, it was dealing with the physical product. Right. And so they, I think it was uh, Acoria. I think it was like Acoria-based or something. But yeah, their whole pre-release and everything got messed up. So the, they canceled the ad campaign. But, you know, they said as soon as things go back to normal, so that'll probably be, I don't know, 2021. 20, <laughs> Maybe we'll do it then. I probably would have bought more Ikoria packs if if you had told me to. Uh, sales would have skyrocketed. If I they had missed seen out. Those commercials. They missed out. Do you have any call shots or predictions about like the future of magic content on stream or elsewhere? Well, let's get real esoteric with it. I am really looking forward to, and this might be ten years, fifteen years from now. I mean, the way Moore's law works, maybe six years from now. Um, have you ever worn any kind of three D headset? Can you imagine playing Arena as a real planeswalker and you have your spells in front of you and you literally fling lightning bolts? Uh-huh. You literally summon a dragon? You see Thundermaw Hellkite attacking? Can you imagine how awesome magic's going to be in the 3D space? Even if it's just a straight port of Arena as far as uh, interaction with codes and cards and everything... And even if it's a small thing with a limited set, you know, maybe it's like the new arena will be, you know, 3D and arena becomes moto. But can you imagine how awesome 
that would be. That I can't imagine anything cooler in my life. Well, obviously some things, but you know what I mean. Like as far as video games go, I can't think much things cooler than being in a real magic battle and seeing the spells come to life as you're across the battlefield of your opponent and you're dropping your lands and you're, oh no, he summoned that early Lanowar elf. Oh, let me throw my lightning bolt and watch the Lanowar elf literally incinerate in front of my eyes. I want to, I want to see a Lanowar elf burning to death. So you're expecting Ready Player One levels, uh, like of immersion, where we are in the digital. Well, space. maybe not haptic feedback suits, but I mean, <laughs> hey man, they, they, they can they can make something not that bad with today's technology. I feel hmm. that's interesting. If they really, really put their mind to it. I they wonder, can make something. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what like streaming is going to start looking like at that point. Once we can make magic esports fully three D and immersive. I mean, I, I could see fifteen twenty years from now, you're you could change the camera, almost like a floating camera in uh, old Nintendo sixty four game. You know, you can move the camera around. Right. Oh, let me move over this guy, or you just go to your the regular default three D setting where you can see everything. Or you say, let me zoom in on the Lanoir elf's face as the lightning bolt melts him. You know, let's zoom in. I can see something like that happening. What's what's your preferred Lanoir elf art? Uh, I mean, I have like foil. I think it's like M tens or whatever. So I mean, I just I just use those. Is that those the original? For... Is that the, the dude with the sword profile? I th- I th- no, the, no, no. It's it's like the newer art, but that's the coolest art. If we're gonna be frank, that's the coolest art. The guy with the sword. Yeah. So I, I take it you're mostly playing standard. Are are you also jamming historic? Yeah, I stream arena. Yeah, I stream arena seven days a week. So I, I play a little historic, but probably only two to four days a week. But yeah, I'm playing standard seven days a week on my stream. Do, do you like standard that much? Um, it's not as bad as everyone hate, makes it out to be. You know, I mean, Magic is, uh, Magic players are, let's face it, an entitled bunch that, uh, often complain hey, we have about how it's not good enough. About the things we love. I, I, you know, I just try to remain, I try to put things in perspective. Yeah. A bad Magic format, the world's worst Magic format is still better than a world without Magic. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And hey, you're preaching to the choir. Like I'm the guy in the pod that's always like, we don't need to ban Once Upon a Time just yet. Yeah, it's only free once. I mean, I don't, I don't mind bans too much. I mean, to me, bans just like shakes things up. So it's like you almost get a new format. Like you almost get maybe not. It's not obviously as exciting as a new set, but I mean, it shakes the format up. So it's like it's the next best thing. I feel like historic is kind of becoming the hot new thing in part of just in part because of some of the new tournament support that it's getting. Um, it, well, what draws you more to standard than to historic? Maybe it's uh, habit, just because I, you know I, I, historic is a newer thing. Also, to be honest, historic. I'm not the biggest fan of playing against Nexus of Fate. Sure. And I like to do best of three. So it's it's a lot of it's to avoid Burning Tree Emissary and Nexus of Fate. So it's it's because of those two two evil, evil cards. I gotcha. I'll, uh, I, I prefer standard. But yeah, Nexus of Fate, man. It's um it's it I don't I like magic to be interactive. I, I think it's a little 
odd they have a deck that can have a 10 minute turn where you, you don't do anything while they struggle to find a win con and then the part of you wants to just scoop then part of you is like, you know, I don't have any priority. I'm going to go make a sandwich. And you come back, and it's like been five minutes. And you're just like, wow, this is still happening. Yeah. Like, are they going to find that brazen borrower that's a one-of in their deck and eventually hit me seven times for 21 damage? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it leads to non... It, it leads to solitaire. For sure. And that's not what Richard Garfield intended. No. No, Richard Garfield intended for all of us to have one Black Lotus. Can can I speaking about that? All right, so you know Richard Garfield premiered that at like cons in Indiana and stuff like that. It was Gen Con in Geneva, Wisconsin. It was Wisconsin, a D and D convention. So he said people were literally throwing the cards in the garbage. People, uh, people I don't know threw, if that's true. Well, I mean, it's you're giving it away like rice. True. You're giving it away. You're, you've been to a con. You know some of that ended up in the garbage. Of course. It's a brand new game. Yeah. You go to some con and they hand you Warhammer 4K, new card game, you're going to throw some of that in the garbage. Right. Some of that, I'm not saying all of it, I'm saying some of it ended up in the garbage. Yeah. It means people threw away Alpha Black Lotuses. Dude, I, when I was a kid and really stupid, I threw away a foil, like, first edition Charizard. Because I was mm. like, I'm done with Pokemon. I don't need this stuff. And then I like dumped it in a move. And then years later, I, I had bills to pay. And So I was really into Nintendo Power and really into Pokemon trading card game. Uh, I had the complete first edition foil set, Shadowless. I'm saying, you whoa, know, whoa, whoa. This, was, this was new. You know, this is brand new. I, I traded. I was, on average, five years older than all the people playing at the Barnes & Noble. And I wasn't trying to trade shark people, but I was able to accrue every single first edition Shadowless Foil. I had a storage unit, and I was working out of town, and I didn't pay the bill in time, and they sold my storage unit in an auction. And no, I mean, you, it's not like I had an open binder of Pokemon cards. It was like mostly furniture. So someone bought that, and I just hope whoever bought that storage unit didn't throw those cards away. I wonder if it was uh, what's the name of that show, Storage Wars, where Storage people just Wars, like yeah. buy those and, yep. and sell stuff. Yeah. How do you feel about the current state of Magic: The Gathering? Like Magic 2020, a lot of high power cards, like a lot of stuff getting banned very quickly. Companion rule change happened very quickly, plus like a new product seemingly every month. How do, how does that fit in like with your experience and preferences as a Magic player? Well, at the end of the day. Hasbro has a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders. It is literally law. I mean, this is a real thing. They have, they have to, you know, responsibly return money to their shareholders. So people often, it seems like they forget that fact, and they love to complain. At the end of the day, they, they, they have a collector's market. So don't get mad about the secret layers. Don't get mad about collector's boosters. The market, I'm not trying to be Mr. Ultra, ultra Capitalist here, but... If people didn't buy it, they wouldn't keep making them. So, yeah, I mean, the reprints are a little crazy, but they have the reserve list. So if that's what you're into, only buy reserve list and trade reserve list. Like, you don't don't worry about reprints, you know. Don't try to use this as 401k stocks. But if we want to talk about the power creep, I mean, there's definitely a power creep. I think what we need is uh, like a Dragon Maze-esque set. We need a couple sets to lower the power level. Even if it means... Because, I mean, I don't know if you played when Dragon Maze came out. There's one playable card, right? It was the green-white guy that made the token. Voice of Resurgence. Right, yeah. Later, 
uh, something else became playable, the black-white five-drop. I can't remember the exact name right now, but uh, Obsidat, I think it was. Um, so, I mean, like, we just need a couple, quote-unquote, Garbo sets. You can also throw in nice hate cards, uh, nice sideboard tech, you know. So it's not like, maybe it's not affecting the 60, but, you know, it maybe give us some nice sideboard tools. I, I think power creep, the main issue with power creep is the power creep uh, removal hasn't gotten the same thing. It's planeswalkers and creatures. Our last good removal spell was probably fatal push. So they need to, I mean, if we're going to go into the power creep, I mean, give us some good removal. I mean, we got uh, the wannabe cast down called uh, Heartless Act. Well, but like, it's almost like not even good in our format right now. What about Eliminate? Eliminates, actually, I'm seeing a lot more play of it in the last 48 hours. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. starting to come around to it. It doesn't kill Questing Beast, though, but neither does Cast Down. Oh, it dies to Doomblade. I don't know. You know, um, Eliminate's good, but it's... Uh, there's still problem creatures. Yeah. There's definitely still problem creatures. Yeah. I mean, Eliminate... we have Ugin. I mean... Oh, that's right. You guys just got Ugin back. We just got Ugin. We've been playing with Ugin for years. <laughs> On turn four, one plus one plus one equals seven. And then just any other land. Um, yeah, I, it does... Eliminate makes me wonder, like, what Oko would have been like. Obviously still too strong, you know. I, I don't think Oko would have survived. But, like, we would have had really cheap, efficient Planeswalker removal now. And it does just make me wonder. Yeah, I saw the top five most played spells. Every five, all five were in a Simic uh, ramp. Mm-hmm. It's like Grow Spiral, Ugin, Cultivate, Uro. And then I think the fifth card was also some sort of ramping maybe it was like Hy- nissa or hydroid crisis something like that and yeah i'm just like <laughs> this is the format where uh veil of summer oko and uh once upon a time are supposed to be legal jeez yeah can't even imagine do you think core 21 is at an ap- appropriate power level like compared to some of the other premier sets that we've been getting in the last year <sighs> it might be a little too early to tell if ugin is going to be an issue or not um my instinct is to say no and I hate to blame like all the woes on one planeswalker, but I mean cultivating help is not helping either. Uh, but I, I like I like M twenty one. It seems like they toned it down, but I don't know. These could be like I could be eating these words a week from now. Who knows? The formats are solved so quickly these days. Yeah, it, and it is interesting that like I'm kind of just it's occurring to me now that. As a standard player, your point of view of power creep is is different than people who are playing non rotating formats. Because like yeah. I would never think about Ugin as an example of power creep because I'm used to Eugene. Yeah, you're thinking more of like Loris being in every single format, like right. totally taking over. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. It's it's mostly because of COVID, and I'm not on Moto that much, but. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm almost glad I took a break off Legacy Paper because I probably would end up wasting a lot of money keeping up with the meta and then just, like, they nerfing stuff. And then I'm just like, well, I just bought these foil lorises for no reason. Because, I, I mean, if you're going to play Legacy, you got to blink it out. Of course. Why don't you play Moto? Uh, mostly for entertainment reasons. It isn't as visually exciting. I planned on getting into it uh, for specifically GP Houston, because mm-hmm. it was a pioneer GP. I was going to be, I talked to Channel Fireball, it was going to be one of the featured matches, and boom, I was ready to download it, start practicing. I think I was going to do, uh, he said he wanted to see Merfolk 
sounds ridiculous, but I was gonna I was gonna like play Merfolk or uh, Mono Black, I think it was, and yes. uh, <laughs> that was a Pioneer deck. It still is. And, and then you know, COVID nineteen hit. Everything got canceled, so I just scrapped the plans. I I mean, I had downloaded Moto again. I had checked my account. You know, I had my tickets. Yeah. I was like, I was ready to make some moves, and then. And then I haven't, I haven't really, that was the only reason I was going to get Moto was for that. And then now that opportunity was taken away. So I don't know. I just, I just like, I think arena is just a little more exciting. Yeah. It's definitely snappier. Easier to just like pick up and go. Not only that, I've conditioned my viewers to expect standard or historic. So if I were to come out with legacy, that's going to be initially off-putting to a high percentage. To me, at least, even if it's 20%, that's, that's a high percentage. So at the end of the day, I view this kind of like a business. I'm just yeah. keep keep doing what I'm doing. You know, there there was rumblings once upon a time of Pioneer eventually getting ported to Arena. Is that something that like you look forward to on any level? I, I feel if they do, it's the death of historic. So I try to look at it through that lens. Like uh, we're not just getting something; we'd be losing something. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I'd rather play Pioneer than historic, though. But they keep adding to Historic. I don't know. Historic is shaping out to be fun. I see a lot of people say it's their favorite format. Yeah, I've been noticing that as well. And especially just like Pioneer is kind of so sad right now. Yeah, yeah. Do you set like MTG goals for yourself as a player and not as a streamer? Again, man, I don't try to set goals. I try to set systems. So, you know, my system... All right, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I had a goal this morning of getting in the top 1,200 from the percentage ranks. There it is. I, so I did it. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, it was the system of using the best deck. <laughs> I mean, I just used what I thought was the best deck. Spiked 10 out of 11 wins. Um, I I hear people smarter than me talk about mostly sideboard building. That is the one aspect I... I I just can't quite, I don't, a lot of it's due to my isolation. You know, you have the, uh, the check house for instance, and you have all these awesome players or you have like Brad Nelson and BBD, you know, and you have all their crew, you're the whole Roanoke, Virginia crew. And I mean, these people have face to face interaction with some of the best players in the world. So, I mean, they're able to do things that one person, even John Finkel by himself, would not be able to do. But one thing I hear people talk about sideboarding is every number is correct. You know, they have the perfect amount. And I've heard things, if you want to build the best 60 against all the decks in the format and from all the different 60s, make your 75 and every number is tuned correctly and you have everything like a well-oiled machine. And when you net deck one of those decks... You're like, oh, this is what it's like. But me, I'll like homebrew, and my sideboard is just like, well, what other decks were in my color? I'll copy theirs. And I, I'm slowly getting better at it. I'm slowly getting better at it. But I, I, when you hear those smart people talk about those, the way they build it, it's just it's on a, it's on another level than me. Yeah. Is is your approach to magic? Um... Is it about like trying to figure out what the best deck is, or are you the type of player who, you know, for instance, I love playing blue red, and I try to mm-hmm. do it in every format. I will deviate from that periodically, but if there's a good blue red deck, there's a decent chance I'm going to give it a shot. Do you have anything like that, or are you kind of just like what's going to? It's, it's not what I gravitate towards; it's what I gravitate away from. I tried to limit Witch's Oven, Teferi, Time Raveler, 
and Wilderness Reclamation on my stream because I don't really feel they're exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's all about having a good product market fi- fix. Like I, w- I want to bring an entertaining value. So even if I'm not going to get as many wins, I think it's more entertaining to see me win 60% of the time with a fun deck or even 40% of the time versus 70% of the time with the Tier 1 Cauldron Familiar Witches Oven deck, which can be a little tedious. All right, dude, this was so fun. I'm so glad I, I got to meet you, I guess. Same, same. I can't, I can't wait to check this out. You're, you know, you're someone I admired. That's why I asked to interview you, because like, you bring me entertainment, and I don't watch a lot of Standard, and yet I still think that your stream is super engaging. And if there's people who listen to the Dive Down who don't know you... I feel confident that they're going to like what they see if they look you up. So I'm excited to kind of like promote you a little bit and, and maybe even give your fans a little insight into like what's going on in Nick's brain. Dude, I hugely appreciate this. This is my first podcast ever. Mazel tov. Ever. So yeah, you, you are the one. Well, hopefully it's not your last. Where can people find you? Let's get some Nick plugs in here. Yeah, man. It's a DZ underscore MTG. It works pretty much across the board. Um, type that in everywhere. You'll find me. Uh, Twitch, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. So DZ underscore MTG. The MTG TikTok king. And Dollars to Donuts, the most entertaining stream on a minute-by-minute minute That's basis. Really good That's good EV. <laughs> the best EV. Well, that wraps up this bonus episode of The Dive Down. If this is your first time listening, because maybe you found us through this interview with Nick, we primarily talk about the latest decks, trends, and strategies in Modern and Pioneer. So if you're curious to hear more about that or like what you heard today, I hope you consider hitting that subscribe button. New episodes come out every Friday wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to submit a question to the podcast or pick our brain on something in our favorite formats, you can tweet us at the dive down, all one word, or email the dive down at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can join our Patreon, where joining at any tier gets you access to our super secret Slack channel. Find that over at patreon.com slash the dive down. Also, shout out to manatraders.com for sponsoring the dive down. Sign up for Mana Traders using promo code THEDIVEDOWN, all one word, and get 15% off your first three months of renting Magic Online cards. As always, special thanks to the bands Nowhere and Spaceblood for letting us use their music. And until next week, get out there and make some content! Content!